Did you know there's a difference between upsells and cross-sells? An upsell is when customers add something to the cart and you offer them an upgrade or a better version. So let's say it's coffee. They add a one-pound bag, and then you upsell them the two-pound bag. When they accept, the two-pound bag is added and the one-pound bag is removed from their cart. A cross-sell is when your customer adds something to the cart and you offer them a product to go along with it. So let's say it's that coffee again. Your offer might be coffee filters, and when they accept it, the filters get added along with the coffee. And of course, you could do them all together. So let's say your customer adds coffee to the cart, you offer them the two-pound bag, bam, they accept it, and then when they click checkout, you offer them the extra filters. And then finally, after the checkout, you could have a special offer that expires in five minutes with a big countdown timer in their face to get one more bag for 50% off. So how would you implement that money-making magic? Well, with Bold's product upsell app, the first ever upsell app on Shopify. It's been a game changer for stores. And recently, Bold made some major improvements to it that are taking it to the next level. This might just be the one app every store should have, assuming you have more than one product, of course. With the new upsell version 3.0, you can offer upsells and cross-sells before and after checkout with one click. And even better, if you have the free Bold Brain app, all these upsells can be automated. So if you're not offering some form of upsells on your store, you're leaving big heaping piles of money on the table. You can get started with Bold Apps product upsell today with a 60-day free trial by going to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup. And it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. So what what brings you in today, Jambi? Mm-hmm. Lunch, talking. Well, I appreciate you bringing me Panera at work. My pleasure. Is this the first time we've had lunch at this office together? Um, I, well, no, I have tried to come with the baby. The last time I did it, it was a big disaster. And then winter came and this mall is outdoors, so. Yeah, it's a little little tough to navigate. And she naps over lunchtime and you are in an outdoor mall and, you know, it's just the timing has not been great. But she's getting bigger. It'll be easier. I'm sure I can come by more often. Imagine the hubris required to build an outdoor mall in Chicago. It's surprising. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It's very pleasant, especially in, when the weather's nice. In like the two weeks a year. But yeah, in when the middle you can of winter, walk around. it's a little weird. Yes. Yeah. It's hopping during the holidays, though. Yes. Well, it's, it's warming up, so be able to enjoy it soon. So you were last <clears throat> on the show, wife. Yes. My wife. When was that? When was I on the show last? October 4th, 2018. Okay. And it was a one-month check-in, so it was Mm -hmm. like uh, a little after you had launched. It wasn't exactly a month, but it was close to – it was month one. You'd launched your uh, your Disney Disney World vacation planning 
the website. Yes. Website, Shopify store. Yes. Double your WDW. <laughs> yes. Which brings us to our intro. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial <laughs> Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Joining me in studio is my favorite guest ever, That's my so wife, sweet. Julie Elster, who is the founder, manager, do-it-aller behind WWDW.com and the WDW podcast. Correct? Yes. Right. Yes, Did I miss it. anything? I think you missed a W in there. WWDW. <laughs> there you go. It, it's fun to say. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. So how did you come up with the, the name WWDW? I think we I think we were just spitballing and that one was like like, oh, this is a this is a tongue twister. People will remember this. It was It'll be a, like, yeah. what wait, what is it? What is it? Yes. What is it? That's the I guess the goal is to get them to say it and say it again. It's a dangerous game to play, but I, <laughs> I think we, we gambled and won. Yeah. It it's tough to get a to domain name. It is, especially with Disney. There are a lot of um, people with grand ideas, I think, in the, the Disney world. People want to do something like what I'm doing, whether it's what I'm doing or something similar. So there are a lot of purchased domain names that go nowhere. So I think a lot of starting and stopping. Or like it's a – I remember you showed me a few. It was like a blog site with one post from two years ago, and that was it. Yes, or for when I first started out, my favorite thing to do was to find the people on um, Instagram – we're like, I'm your Disney pro and then click on their website because it felt like every time I did that, it would be a WordPress page with like one of those um, templates in that is like coming soon or under construction. Like right. almost all of them had that, or at least it felt like almost all of them had that. But so many people want to do something like this and buy the domain name and then it's a lot of work. So they don't end up going anywhere. So tell me, um, all right, in month one, when you had, we did that that episode in October, <laughs> Um, we had talked about basically that it's really hard it to is. do this. Yes. And it, at that time, you had launched with um, a book, an ebook, mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah. You sold one info product, right? Right. Okay. Between since then, what has changed? Um, so I I partnered with a travel agent, and that well, you know, I'm actually getting ahead of myself. Before that, I also launched a planning service. That was like, okay, you've booked your trip and you need help with just planning. You can pay me to do that. And I found like people weren't – the book was doing okay, but nobody was taking advantage of the planning service. So I did a survey of people who followed me on social media or people who were a part of my um, my email list and was just like, what do you guys need? And it turned out the planning service wasn't one of it. So I ended up dropping that. And instead of doing that, I partnered with a travel agent. So somebody who can actually book trips for people. So she is now uh, a partner of mine. So we've got the ebook. I'm working with a travel agent. I've launched a line of t-shirts for the parks because anybody who's ever been to Disney World knows that you have to wear matching t-shirts. It's like a requirement to get into the parks. So I'm doing that. Um, it's been great so far. It's still a lot of work. So, all right, you say it's a lot of work. You are, uh, you run the business out of our house. Yes. We have three kids. You have to wrangle a two-year-old. Yeah. Who needs a lot of attention. What does that that day-to-day work-life balance look like? It's very difficult. So I've I've found that very few people who do what I do, at least in like the Disney community, they don't have kids or they don't have small kids at home. Like, as far as I know, I'm the only one who has small kids and is trying to do what I do. That's and so weird. 
It, it is weird because you think of Disney World as like a family vacation place, right? But it's impossible to do what I do when you have small children. So it's just it's a lot of strategic planning. So I know like the baby will eat yogurt for like an hour because she's a monster and has to like smear it all over her face. But like she's occupied for a good hour in the morning. So I know I can get like my morning stuff done. I utilize nap time. I have a babysitter who comes one day a week. It's just a lot of very careful planning. Like if you're not strategic about your day, it's going to fall apart. It's not going to work. And when you say, um, and like you work a little bit on the weekends, Mm -hmm. but when you say, oh, we have a babysitter comes one day a week, Heather comes specifically, and I we live together, so I know her name. <laughs> Heather comes once a week specifically to give you time to work on the business. So you have a dedicated day yes. to work on it. Yes, she comes first thing in the morning, and I will just lock myself in a room with my laptop and do what I need to do, whether it's writing or recording something or you know whatever it is. I lock myself away, and she takes care of the baby so that I can get work done because it's I don't anyone who works at home with a child it's every, anytime I meet anyone who works at home with a child I'm always like well, what do you do what is your secret <laughs> it's very very difficult so looking at your uh, stats your analytics on your site from October 1st 2018 to April 16th we've got 35,000 sessions heading to your store with um, like lately for a month, you're getting 10,000 people mm-hmm. going to the site. Yeah. That's a, a tremendous amount of traffic for Is a it? brand new store. Yeah. We saw, well, <laughs> well, there's that Shopify card. Doesn't that put you yeah, in the top oh, yeah, 2%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I think it's like top 3% or something like that. And I'll often get notifications that my blog post, it's like, you're in the top whatever percent of blog posts that were published this week. So the, the hardest yeah. part, especially when you're starting, is driving traffic to the site. Mm-hmm. Certainly... Plenty of people would trade places with a website uh, that's getting, on average, 333 people a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. Um, especially for one that's six months old. So your next question is, what's your secret, and right? you do Well, and you, yeah. the um, crazy part is you do no paid marketing. Yeah. I Well, I've tried. I've tried paid. Yeah. And it's not. I have found that there are free ways to do it that make way more sense. Yeah, I think paid stuff. the gold rush is over. In the past, it was, hey, Facebook ads. Yeah. You know, we could just throw Facebook ads at it. For you, that was a real struggle. And yeah. the only thing that we got to work was Facebook-like ads. Yes. Which those, what are they running at per like now? At like 20 cents per like, something like that. And what Maybe. was the lowest we ever got them to? 15 cents, Okay, I think. Which isn't bad, but I it's find still... whenever we tweak it, it drops, and then it'll start to go up again. Yes. It, I think that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. Facebook um, likes are the only paid social media... Acquisition channel? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that I that I think actually, at least for me, has worked. I've tried promoting, like I said, I have t-shirts. I've tried like promoting that on Facebook, on Instagram. I've tried all sorts of paid stuff. The likes are the only one that have consistently been valuable. But other than that, just like... Boosting posts and things like that just have not worked for me. So I've stopped doing that altogether. I don't pay to boost my posts anymore. I don't I don't pay for any of that because it just I found it was a dead a dead end. So let's walk through what's not working. Okay. So paid advertising, with the exception of Facebook likes, yeah, didn't Facebook work. likes worked. Facebook now how likes many worked, likes but, do you have? Um, Almost 4,000. How many? Probably by the time you publish this, it'll be over 4,000. Okay. And how many Instagram followers? 
Um, 5,200 maybe. And what other social channels are you on? Uh, Pinterest. And what's, what's the metric for that? So Pinterest, you have followers in Pinterest, but they it's more of a vanity thing as far as I can tell. Like okay. followers in Pinterest don't mean a whole lot. Pinterest is more of a search engine, and Pinterest is really what has worked for me, if you don't mind me jumping to what has worked. Well, there's one we missed. I want to hear about your on um, what didn't work. I want to hear about your experience with – well, we tried YouTube a little bit. Not a concerted effort, so I'm not ready to call that not work. No, yes. Just, no, I'm going to get back on YouTube. Yeah, that's just not yeah. a channel you've been um, uh, yes. throwing time at. Because – Because baby. Know, yeah, you have to really focus on it's, one channel. It's hard, yeah. Um, the other one that we – we messed with and had incredibly mixed results was influencers. Tell me about your influencer experience. Where'd you find them? What happened? (laughs) Okay. So I've done a couple of things to find influencers to like, my thought was if I can get people who have a big Disney following to wear my t-shirts in the parks, that would be a great way to get the t-shirts out there and get people to start wearing them. So I did two things. I reached out to anybody who followed me, who had a high follow count I actually did three things. I reached out to people who followed me who had a high follow count. I used a service to find influencers. Now that I paid for. So this was another form of paid marketing. And what did it cost? Uh, they bid. Like you, you, they bid on it. So huh. I posted, I'm like, here's the job. Um, I have T-shirts. This is Disney World specific. I would love for somebody who's in like the Orlando area who has a Disney following to wear the t-shirts. And then they come back to me and say, hey, you know, for $500, I'll wear your t-shirts. I'll post about it on Instagram. I'll post about it, you know, in a YouTube video or what, you know, whatever the case may be, wherever their following is. So I try, I believe the service was called FameBit. 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 Yeah. So I did that and had mixed results. I went with two different influencers and one, I looked at her um, her Instagram, and she had a ton of, of followers. And she was like, I love Disneyland, which I was like, that's fine. Like, Disneyland is fine. She had photos of her at Disneyland. She's a model. She does all sorts of stuff. So She was on Eurovision. Yeah, she yeah she's an actress. So I was like, okay, cool. So I paid her. She wore the T-shirts. It went nowhere. What'd you pay her? <sighs> Maybe $250. Okay. And this was only for... Um, Instagram was where she posted. It was the only platform she posted on. How many followers did she have? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It like it was, it was cr- a crazy it was high. Figures. Yeah, it was a crazy high amount where I was like, okay, this could be, this could be good. So she posted about it, and there were a ton of comments on the post and a ton of likes. But it didn't go anywhere. And I was like, what is this? And when you and say it didn't go anywhere, it like literally the traffic on your website didn't change. It like didn't budge. Yeah. I was expecting cl- – like she was like, oh, link profile. You know, she did all the things she said she was going to do. She had a very cute picture of her wearing the shirt. That we like, used. Yeah, yeah. So we got that yes. out of it. Like she did a great job delivering what she said she would deliver. But here's what I found out when clicking through – on the people who liked were like, oh my God, I love this shirt. I'm obsessed with this shirt. You know, all the the comments on Instagram. All of the people who followed her were all similar, quote unquote, influencers. So I'm like, I have, I have no way of knowing this for sure, but I'm wondering if this is just like a group of people to keep their numbers up who just comment and like each other's stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, right. so I that think was I kind of bust. got duped in that one where yes. it's like, yeah, people were commenting and liking it, but these were other people 
who also have 40,000 followers and are trying to hawk, you know, whatever item they're trying to hawk. So, And I remember I looked at it. You showed it to me. You looked at it. So this is great. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do this? Yes. Yeah. So, right, so that, that was a big bust. And then I... Moved on, but we took the photos, so we got that out yes. of it. We learned a lesson. Yes. The, you worked with one other influencer. I worked influencer. with one other guy, and he was amazing. And he really, he is a Disney influencer. Um, so he's always at the parks posting videos on social media. He has a legit following. He's very nice. He interacts with the people who follow him on social media. So he posted about it, and that, it it worked. I did get sales. I did get a lot of clicks through to the website. Um, I don't know that I made enough to cover what I paid him, though. So it's like, all right, it it worked in that, like, it got me traffic and it did get me sales, but not enough to justify what I paid to him. Although I will say now, like, we chat now and again on social media. So I'm like, well, I made a connection and that's good. Like, he has a huge following in the community that I'm trying to break into. So I was like, that's a positive outcome, but it wasn't what I expected. So you have um, you added a, a second info product. The first info product is here's your your Disney World planning workbook. So mm-hmm. it walks you through basically like all right, you want to make you want to get the highest return on investment out of your vacation, and you don't want to spend hours researching because that's what a lot of Disney World is. So it's like here's the Cliff's Notes. Like here's so you don't have to research. Here's everything. Yeah. So it's like yeah. here's everything you need to know. Here are worksheets to fill out. Mm-hmm. Go. Yes. And that's that's been successful. It's popular. You added a second info product. It's just daily itineraries, but it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Printed out, plan. It's like, here's your schedule for each park per day. Yeah. Um, which is nice to see it, be able to share it with other people on your trip. But that one you charge $0 for. Yes. Right? So it's really, it's functionally it's a lead freebie. magnet, right? Yes. Yes. And that's worked? It's worked fairly well, actually. Yeah. I, I probably get a couple of downloads a day at this point on that one. So that I use just to swim on people's radar. Obviously, if you're downloading, like, here's my checklist for Disney World. Here's my itinerary. You're clearly planning a trip to Disney World. So you're my guy. Like, you're my audience if you're planning, if you are actively planning a trip to Disney World. So in downloading it, it gets them on my email list so they can get all of my tips. They can get my coupons. They can get any information I'm sharing that week. And I am on their radar consistently. And because we, the way we deli- fulfill the lead magnet to keep high, make sure the leads are high quality, it is literally just a product on the Shopify store for $0. Yes. So they have to go through the checkout and get the digital delivery and have that experience which I think in many ways lowers the barrier to them making what's really their first purchase is actually a repeat purchase because mm-hmm. their first purchase was this free thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but the reason I brought that up, brainstorming right now, why not have that lead, that free info product be the thing that Mr. Cheesy Pop promotes? So Mr. Cheesy Pop being the influencer. Yes. Um, that He's awesome, well. by the way. Yeah, his great. videos are a lot of fun. Follow his That's stuff. That's a side, a side note. <laughs> We can run a uh, like market twenty bucks, and then give uh, you create coupon code Mr. Cheesy Pop a hundred percent off, mm-hmm. and then have him promote that. I that's, think that's a cool idea. Yeah. All right. So get on that. There we go. We <laughs> came up with a. We figured out. We saw what worked. We knew what didn't. We combined the two. Mm-hmm. So you double down on those efforts that work. Uh, all right. So we've covered the stuff that doesn't work and yes. a little bit of what does. Yes. And you started talking about <clears throat> Pinterest. Yes. This is the thing that blows my mind. I don't know jack about Pinterest, um, but I, it is 
It's one of your your top refers. It is the top, like by a mile. It is the top refer. It's something like it bounces around. Um, Shopify will give me the statistic, but it's it bounces around anywhere from like fifty five percent to like eighty five percent of people who visit my website come from Pinterest. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing right now. Uh, online store sessions by social source Pinterest twenty thousand. Yeah. Yes, it's huge. Do you pay Pinterest anything? So I don't pay Pinterest. I do use a third-party service that is um, Pinterest approved. So you know they're legit when you use them. And I do pay for that service, but it's called Tailwind. And they have a free trial if you want to try it out. But it's fantastic. So Pinterest, if like, like you said, you're not familiar with what Pinterest is. And I had used Pinterest, but I never really fully understood what it was either until I started digging into it for my business. So Pinterest, I think people think of it as another social media platform, but really it's a search engine. And it's you're specifically looking at blog posts. So if your business is something where you write, Pinterest is a great way to get people to your website. So walk, walk me through your Pinterest strategy. Okay, so I write constantly about all things Disney, and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm trying to sell anybody anything. Like 90% of what I do is giving people free content to plan their vacations. So I write constantly about different things going on at the parks. So when I write, I want to post these things onto Pinterest so that people can share them. So with Pinterest, I create different boards with different um, aspects of planning, whether it be the different parks, the foods, whatever. I use Tailwind to automate all of that. So with Pinterest, if you're not pinning daily, you don't show up in people's searches. And that's just the way Pinterest works. If you want to show up in searches, you have to be pinning daily. Pinterest will also, uh, and now this isn't, I don't know this 100%, but from what I understand, Pinterest will ding you if you're only posting your own stuff. So you need to be posting other people's content as well. So when you're talking about a business, it's like, well, how do I post my stuff, but also post other people's stuff? So I found a great way to do that is to find things that are related. So for me, I have boards that are also like just general travel boards or Disneyland boards, because I don't know as much about Disneyland. I know about Disney World. So I have different boards where I can post other people's stuff. Tailwind is the service I use. It automates everything. So it's pinning for me. It's um, showing me like pins to repins. It's showing me what's working and what's not working. There are analytics on there. It's a fantastic tool so that you don't have to be on Pinterest, either on your phone or on your computer every day to be pinning all of your content. So the that doesn't sound that complicated. It really, it, it isn't. It isn't complicated, but you have to, with Pinterest, it's more than just like, you know, clicking your article and posting it. You have to create graphics that are eye-catching. So I use Canva to create graphics that are pretty and have, uh, like, bold text that really just sum up the point of the article. So you need to make it something, I don't want to say clickbaity, but, you. I mean, you want people to click on your stuff. So pretty pictures, pretty fonts, make sure it's clickable. So you do that, you put everything in Tailwind, and it will just keep recycling your content for you. Now, who is a good fit for Pinterest? Because I saw your success. I said, oh my gosh, do this for me. You set it up for us and it was a a total flop. So it's not going to work for everybody. No. Well, you don't blog anymore. You don't write anymore. And that I think is the big, the big draw with 
Pinterest is for bloggers. So it needs to be so like if you're article somebody content. Who, yeah, if you're somebody who's writing constantly, Pinterest is a great way to get your stuff out there. And if you're really like niche down in what you're writing, I think that that's a great way to stand out in Pinterest as well. So I like to just look at like keywords. Like you can almost the same way you would with Google. So you go into Pinterest. So I would type Disney World and see what comes up. And so like the first things that come up are often like Disney World planning, Disney World freebies. So I make sure like it, because it's a search engine in your descriptions on Pinterest, you need to be using these specific keywords. Some people use hashtags. I don't know that that's necessarily, you know, relevant for Pinterest, but but keywords are are where it's at. So find what the keywords are that people are searching because it's a search engine. Pinterest doesn't sound that difficult. Are there any other tips that you have? Any quick wins for getting started with Pinterest? So I think Tailwind is the way to go. Use Tailwind. There's a free trial of Tailwind. And in Tailwind, you can also sign up for what's called tribes. So you find people who are writing content that's similar to what you are writing or what you're working on. So how it works then is you share your content with them. They share your content with you. And they ask that you do like a one-to-one share. So if you post 10 articles into your tribe, they ask that you share 10 articles from other people in the tribes. So what the way I do it, is because I don't want to be sharing stuff that maybe conflicts with what I'm writing, right? Like I don't want to share stuff that's going to take customers away from me. So because I'm doing Disney World, I will share things that are like Disneyland planning or because I'm more on the planning side of it, I will share things that are, you know, DIY Disney for your trip or a review of this restaurant because I don't write reviews. I I write about the planning. So reviews are helpful in a way that doesn't take customers away from me or conflict. And I think anybody with a store could do this. You know, if you're selling mattresses or something, you know, you could write about ways to sleep better. And then you can, you know, write doing yoga and things like that. Or I don't even know, like lavender sprays for your bed. And then those are great things that you can pin that other people are doing as well. So you can have boards that are dedicated to like exercises that help you to sleep or, you know, recipes that are going to that'll help, you know, soothe you and, you know, things like that. So there are things that you can pin. So it's not just like buy my mattress, you know, it's, it's a way to make you look more well-rounded and that will make your audience more interested in what you're pinning. You are a a Pinterest guru. I had no idea. (laughs) I don't know that I feel like I'm still figuring it out myself. Well, that's a side. That's part of experience. You are now learning what you don't know. Yes, and I, I'm I'm also learning that like the numbers on Pinterest really seem more for vanity than anything else. So like I'll click on my account and it'll be like X number of followers and X number of people who see my stuff. And some days it'll be a hundred thousand people, and some days it'll be four hundred thousand people seeing my articles and like what my reach is. And I don't know that it means anything because the traffic has been fairly consistent from Pinterest. So I wouldn't go too heavy on those numbers. Pinterest does, if you have a business account, have more in-depth analytics. So you can take a look at what pins are working because you'll find some stuff works and there are things that I'm like convinced are working and are going to get me a ton of traffic and they don't go anywhere. And then there are other things that are working that I'm just like, huh, you know, it's so you look at what's working and it's like, all right, this graphic seems to be working. So I'm going to recreate all of my graphics so that they look a little more in line with this one and see if that does anything. I'm constantly tweaking. I, li- I like the 
the fiddly optimization. Yeah. That, that speaks to my personality. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, US-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now back to the show. Hit me. Are you, what's funny is how, and I don't know if it's like, I'm just noticing this or this is your audience, how sensitive they are to graphics. Mm-hmm. Like our Facebook like ads, we had to get the text right and we used emoji and it was cool. But the biggest factor was just getting an engaging image that yes. worked for them. Yep. And a, that an iPhone photo I took was yeah. the answer, which is yes. great. Yes. My audience doesn't, I found they don't want to be sold to. And I think that's true in general. Like nobody wants to feel like they're being sold to. So I really try to listen to what my audience wants and likes. And, and I want them to feel connected to me as a person not just like I'm double your WDW. No, like the people everything who, says you and yes, photos the people of you. who follow me on social media refer to me by my name, like they know who I am, and I try my best to talk to them and to answer any questions and to be a human being. And I think that's why just like an iPhone photo tends to be what works. Like when I do my graphics for either like my Facebook posts or for Pinterest or whatever. I use a lot of just our family vacation photos, you know, like here's me with Mickey Mouse or, you know, here's the baby hugging a character. Like I try to use real stuff because that's, I want to connect to my audience and be a human being. They don't want to like do business with double your WDW. They want advice from Julie. And in doing that, I see this as like a long game. Like in doing that, they're going to keep coming back because I'm somebody that they know personally. This is a phenomenal endorsement of personal branding, and I am so I'm proud. I'm about it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I That's a big part of, uh, I think, why I have a following is because I care what my audience says and thinks. And that's why, like, I have cut products that I've offered and I've changed stuff and I've tried offering new things. It's because I talk to the people who follow me. And you have this very, like, the way you have set your business up, you have this very um, one-to-many relationship Mm -hmm. where to each person it really feels like, oh, Julie's talking to me. And then when they respond, you responded kind. Yeah. Um, But it's it's one-to-many communication. It's such a great way to do it. And you're reflecting on the the Pinterest success. That's really a function of your sophisticated content marketing strategy. The personal branding is part of that messaging. Um, talk to me about your really simple but effective content marketing strategy. Uh, well, I I write constantly, just constantly. I, Def- well, I'll define it. How many articles do you publish a week? I try to do one a week. I, sometimes it's more than that. Um, I try to do one a week. I also do an email to my audience once a week. I post on Facebook multiple times a day. I try and do Pinterest a few times a week. Um, I'm sorry, I try and do Instagram a few times a week. Uh, I have a podcast that I do weekly, so that's a great way to talk to people. I've I've dabbled with YouTube, but that's far more difficult given I'm home with the baby. But that's I'm hoping like I have a solo trip planned in a couple of months that I'm just I want to bang out as much video content as possible to see if people respond to that as well. And when you go, 
I am so excited for your solo Disney trip. You're going to be there when uh, the Star Wars uh, land, what's it called? Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That's That opens the new land while you're there. Opening, yeah. A bunch of other cool events going on while yep. you're there. Yep. And we're going to load you down with hardware. I'm so excited. You're yeah. going to have, we're, we need uh, uh, USB chargers to keep you charged. We got to figure out a mic solution. We'll probably use your lapel mic. Uh, we got your um, your iPhone stabilizer mm-hmm. for your phone, and we're strapping a GoPro to you. Yes, for to film rides. Yeah, I got to get the ride videos. So it's just well, gonna be you in the park going buck running wild around with consumer like a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. Well, in talking to my audience, this is again because I I try to like for real talk to the people who take the time to like my stuff and comment on my stuff. The one thing when I surveyed them a few months back, when I was like, all right, do you like reading blogs? Do you like the podcast? What do you, and so many of them were like YouTube, like we want to see videos. And so it's been hard because I know it's a thing that I need to do. I know it's a thing that my audience wants, but it's been a struggle to do. So I'm really excited to get to the parks and try to create new content and see if that brings me closer to my audience, grows my audience, We'll, I mean, we'll see. And I, I peeked I'm excited in, about the possibilities. I peeked in your notebook. I saw you <gasps> have page after page after page of this is the content calendar. Yeah. This is the checklist. Yes. This is everything I'm I'm shooting. It's a work in at, progress, but yeah, that's I'm coming at up the with. Park. Yeah, yeah. I have like a daily itinerary written out. I did not know you peeked at my at my notebook. I have a daily itinerary written out. I have video ideas where I'm like all right, I need to get shots here, here, here. And then when I get home, I'll, you know, put them together. And then I need to do this and that on this ride and get, you know, film of this and photos of this. So yeah, I have so much swirling around in my head and I hope that I just, I have enough time to do it while I'm there. I think I'm going to be up at the crack of dawn and out until the sun comes up. So so the lesson here is, hey, unless you could just waste money on PPC ads, you're going to need to find another solution for traffic. And it's going to have to be um, likely content marketing. And mm-hmm. the trick there is just keep going. Be yes. consistent. Pick yeah. a channel and own it. So you're not doing YouTube because you're saying, listen, I don't have the time to post at least once a week. Yeah. Versus Pinterest, you could commit to daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works because you're able to publish one to two articles a week mm-hmm. on your blog. And they're quality articles. It's not just like one misspelled paragraph. And it's got photos. And it's, yes. we tweak the layout in um, out of the sandbox artisan theme. So it's really readable and nice. Um, and then and that's all automated, which is beautiful. Like which part is automated? The Pinterest. Oh, Those yeah, yeah. articles. Like when I write a new article, I throw it in Tailwind and it's automated. And you don't mess with stuff that's so, not not going to produce time. Yeah. Um, but the what has been the the effect on search engine ranking position? What has been the SEO benefit of these articles? Well, I'm finding the things that are big on Pinterest, I'm moving up, up, up in like the Google analytics. So when I look at where I'm ranking in Google, the articles that are huge on Pinterest are also the ones that are ranking on Google. And so, I mean, I don't, I, I have honestly have no idea how Google rankings work. Does anybody know how Google rankings work? Is it's it a like a big secret? algorithm <laughs> and anyone who claims to be able to defeat it is yeah, lying. It's, it's a big secret. So I just, I'm, I know you, you will tell me constantly, like, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Stop checking. And I, check anyway like constantly i'm always looking but i'm seeing like i'm moving up 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 and so it's things so and when my, you say up 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 from where to where from like non-existent to first second or third page That's on a lot good. of and not, and not on everything but it's it's hard to like 
it's hard to capture what people are searching, but for some very specific things. These are long tail keyword phrases. Give us an example. Um, uh, Disney World breakfast before the park opens. So I know that's like a long search, but that's thing a thing that people search for because I can see that people are clicking on it every day through Google. So it's my most popular article by far, and it tells you how to get into the parks before opening. So it's a great like tips and tricks article, which people go crazy for. So that's the it's the most pinned on Pinterest. It's probably my highest ranking one. I think I'm like number three or something in Google hmm. on that particular phrase. So, but it did just start there. It took no, time. no. In the beginning, it I wasn't anywhere. Like I don't know. It was you know number eighty, page ten, or then, you know whatever. So it was. over time, then it started working yes, its way it's up. Moved up, up, up. Or like Disney World planning, I was like number one hundred, and now I'm like I don't I don't even know, but. Maybe page two or three. That's phenomenal. So I, I mean, my goal is to be page one on all of this stuff. And so within six months, for long tail keyword phrases, you got stuff on first, second page. Yes. yes. And we're rapidly for your your primary keyword phrases, rapidly moving up the list. To yes, the first it's page. moving up. Like I'm still down there, but like Disney World planning, I've like I I see that that's getting clicks through Google, and I mean it's not high, but it's it's there. Disney World on a budget, you can find my stuff. Um, gosh, there's something like Disney World vacations. So some some real general phrases that you know people are typing in when they're just getting started with planning are starting to come up. So in addition to the social media and uh, your newsletter and the regular articles you publish, you also have a podcast going on yes. top of it. Tell me about that. I Love the podcast. That was the first thing that I knew I wanted to do when I came up with this idea for the business. I was like, if I can get on or if I can create a podcast and just talk about all the things planning, like it's one thing to write about it. And there are a million Disney bloggers out there, like everyone's blogging about Disney. So doing that doesn't set me apart in any way, shape or form. But if I can get a podcast going and really like share my knowledge and be a real person, a real human being and somebody that they can feel connected to as a Disney World expert. I think it could be like, first of all, a lot of fun. It could be a great way to connect with people and it can be another, just another way to share information because I think everybody gets their information different ways. Not everybody wants to sift through my blog posts. Some people would rather listen to a podcast in the car on the way to work. So it's just another way to reach people. And it's a great way to just be a human being. You know, I can be myself. I can be funny. I can have guests. I've had you on the show talking about our experiences because you're my husband, a snowflake who doesn't like hot weather but loves Disney. So True. it makes for an interesting conversation. And it's just such a fun way to connect to people. So you know, earlier you talked about personal branding yes. and the importance of of personal branding and putting yourself into uh, that the entire you know, customer experience and the podcast is like the the great way to do it yeah because for thirty minutes they have to have you in their ears and your podcast is like half monologue half interview mm -hmm. like some episodes are monologue some are, some yeah are it just you know it depends sometimes. You know, if somebody is going on a trip, it can be useful for other people to hear about somebody else's trip. So maybe I'm talking to just, 
you know, a, a reader or a listener who went to Disney themselves. So I can interview them about their experience and that can be helpful for somebody else. Or maybe I'm talking to the travel agent I work with because she's an expert in so many ways when it comes to like actually booking trips. So that's really useful. Or maybe it's just me, you know, talking for a half an hour because, you know, I can do that and just about whatever topic I, I want to discuss that particular week in regards to Disney World planning. So I try and switch it up when I can, and it makes it, I think, fun and interesting. But you always keep the whole thing on topic of Disney World yes, planning. it's always Disney World planning. I'll start out with some just like news. There's always something going on, and especially now there's a lot happening at the park. So I start out with just some news, some updates, things going on, changes happening at the parks, and then I just I stick to a topic and we talk about it for 30, 45 minutes. And yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And I think there are a ton of Disney World podcasts, but I've greatly enjoyed it because mine is specifically planning, which you don't see a lot of. And pretty much everybody out there is a guy, which is surprised me when I first got into this, is that every Disney World expert is a white male. It's all men. So being a mother of three who does this with like a two-year-old at home, and I talk a lot about the kids on the podcast, and I think that that, it sets me apart from other people who are trying to do what I'm doing. Well, haven't uh, you had listeners flat out tell you that? Yes. Yeah. I, You know, and I list, I don't listen to all of the podcasts. There are several Disney podcasts, but I can't think of a one where people are like, here's my experience with my kids. Like, here's what happened when I took my two-year-old to Disney. And I talk about that a lot because that's my experience is going with children. So that's what I talk about. And I think it's it definitely sets me apart so and I'm hearing people here appreciate that content marketing of all types gets significantly easier when you own it as your own and put like you are speaking to your own experience and putting that out there and making you a part of it. And naturally, there are people who will simply you get an advantage because there are people who will simply relate more to you mm -hmm. than the people who aren't doing any of that. Definitely. I think anything that you do that sets you apart is going to be so valuable. And I would just own that and flaunt that. So for me, it's it's a lot about family. And I find it very interesting that people who do Disney World stuff tend to be single or, you know, or, or married, but like without children. It's it's a lot of adults without kids, and it's a lot of men. And that seems to be the Disney World community. And the Disney World community is huge. There are a ton of bloggers, vloggers. There are Instagram influencers. There's uh, The community is huge, but you don't see a whole lot of here's my family and kids in that community. So as somebody in that community who I talk specifically about planning because that's the part that I love. And I talk specifically about here's how I do it with my kids. It sets me apart. And while the community might be more adults without children, the people planning vacations, a lot of them are people with children. So I think that they relate to me as well. But yeah, I think be an individual, be who you are and whatever sets you apart, just run with it. Did you set out to do it that way or was it a happy accident? No, it just kind of worked out that way. I mean, I just was doing what I do. There are definitely people who I look up to in the community and I like what they're doing, but I can't be those people. I only have my own experiences to draw on. 
You know, so my experiences are a two-year-old throwing a tantrum in the middle of Cinderella's castle. That's my, that is my personal experience and a thing that I can talk about. Whereas, like, I see other people talking about, like, here's how to travel with kids. It's like, well, do you have kids? Because, like, here's what I did when my baby threw up on me at Disney. You know, like, that's, that's what I can talk to. And I think that there is definitely a group of people who relate to that as they are planning trips or considering planning trips with small children because that's like a huge question I'm asked. It's like, well, is my kid too young to go? And I'm like, well, here's what happened to me when I went with my kids and here are their ages. So, <laughs> And for, I think for a lot of people, content marketing feels like a struggle. It's because you're not writing to your authentic experience. You're trying to be somebody else. Well, of course it's a struggle. It's You're trying to yeah. write as like this character yeah. It doesn't work. Just write as yourself. Yeah. Your life will be much easier. And that's, I think, that's part of my issue with Instagram specifically is Instagram, it all feels very phony. And I struggle with like being authentic and also being interesting on Instagram. It's uh, it's a struggle. But I think if you can stick with it and be consistent in your message and be yourself, that you will find people who relate um, and in the case of Instagram, like it just isn't – you initially were big on Instagram and now mm-hmm. like your love affair with Instagram is completely over. It is. Yeah. So you have 5,000 followers and you're like, I don't care Yeah, in the slightest <laughs> about care. these people. I No, no, that's not entirely true. Okay, so I care. There are definitely people who follow me on Instagram who are for real followers who are interested in what I'm posting. But Instagram is tricky because a lot of people on Instagram, not all of them, but a lot of them are really – they're there for vanity. And it's so it's a lot of like follows for follows and you like, like, like to unlike. So they will like your stuff and comment on your stuff to get you to like them back. And then the moment you like them back, they unlike you. Like it's just it's a game that I'm not willing to play. So it's not that I'm against Instagram or over Instagram. I'm just I'm no longer putting the effort into Instagram than I am into other things that feel more authentic. The podcast is authentic. I feel that Facebook, at least for me, is authentic. The people who I interact with on Facebook are real people who like what I'm putting out there. So that's authentic. The stuff I'm putting on Pinterest is 100% me. That's authentic. Instagram is a little trickier. So I have a decent following, but now I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. And if people like it, that's fine. And if they unfollow, that's fine too. That's just kind of my attitude about it is if you are for real – then that's great. But I'm not going to kill myself trying to get, you know, 20,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, well, in your experience getting to 5,000 followers, mm-hmm. what what's the trick? What advice would you give someone? <sighs> it, it was – it felt like a full-time job. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I really admire people who can be Instagram influencers. And anyone who says that's not real work is – is full of it because it is even just getting to 5,000 followers was a ton of work. So it's a lot of like you have to constantly be interacting with people. It's a lot of interaction. So you use a lot of hashtags on Instagram. So hashtags you think are relevant to the things that you're discussing. You want to click on those hashtags and start commenting on people's stuff. You like, you comment, you try and get them to notice you by commenting and engaging with them. So that's one thing you can do. 
Um, I also used some services, and I, they're they're escaping me right now. Work macro. Work macro. Thank you. Yeah, I used them for a while to try and help, and they did some of that stuff for me. So they would try and find people who they felt were good for my brand or whatever, and 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 people who they felt would like my content, and they would be the ones to go after on my behalf. But I found I was still doing some of it on my own. But they did a great job. Like they got me, you know, several thousand followers. But it, eventually, it started to to dwindle down. So I had stopped using them. Um, gosh, what else do I do? Just posting consistently will get you followers. It's just it's so much engagement. Like you have to be engaged all the time. You have to use stories. If you use stories, people are more likely to interact. The more they interact with you, the more your stuff will show up in their timeline. So I don't know if you use Instagram a lot. Like I see you on Instagram at home, but I don't know if you use it a lot. But I'm I have sure like you... my personal Instagram that I post my drone videos on. But right. That's it. Do you follow a lot of people on Instagram? I think I follow 50 people. Okay. So you probably wouldn't notice this. Because of the whole, like, you know, having to really interact with people, I follow a lot of people on Instagram. But I've noticed only the people that I tend to, like, double tap or comment are the ones that show up first in my stories and my timeline. So the moral of the story is you you want to be that person that they're constantly, like, double tapping. So you're the first person that shows up in their timeline or the first person that shows up in their stories. So that's why you have to be doing it constantly to be that person. There has to be so much engagement. So if they're constantly engaging with you, your stuff will be showing up first in their timeline. Okay. So it's, um, it's curated. The timeline is not... Uh, chronological. No, it's curating no. It. Yes. Yep. And yeah. it's based on engagement. Yeah. So I like for a while, another thing I did was there were like a group of, of bloggers who invited me. They're like, oh, we'll comment on your stuff if you comment on my stuff. And I, eventually... oh, I this is against the Instagram terms oh, of service. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, Instagram, so... I want you to know I no longer do that. It's, <laughs> it was very short lived. It was another thing that just didn't feel genuine. Like these. Well, because it's not. They approached me being like, you're a mommy blogger. And that kind of made me cringe because that's not, I'm, don't call me a mommy blogger. That just, no, no. But I was like, well, they seem nice enough. And, but their stuff, it's like, I guess I could like, and, and some of it was fun or interesting, but it, some of it wasn't. And I'm like, oh, now I, I'm obligated to like and comment on their things that I don't, I don't have any feelings towards. And as I've learned, all that does is put them at the top of my feed. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be at the top of your feed. So I stopped doing that. But that is a way to boost engagement, I suppose, if you can get a group of people to consistently like and comment on your stuff. What's the trick to monetize Instagram? You know, once I figure that out, I'll tell you. <laughs> I have tried with Instagram and it hasn't been terribly successful for me. I think that that's often the case with Instagram. Yeah. Um, I had high hopes. And I think it's it's a part, it's, you know, just another part of it's not a lot of the audience isn't authentic. And that's why I've had so much trouble monetizing it. And I'm sure there are other people out there who have had success with Instagram who are like, no, she's she's wrong. Instagram works. And maybe there's something I'm missing. But I think it's just it's a matter of like growing a for real authentic following on Instagram. And I think that's it's just it takes time. It takes a long time to do. So on the topic of real authentic audiences, it seems like you have found those people and gotten that engagement with a Facebook group. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had the Facebook page and I was hesitant to start a group because I was like, ooh, this means it's like it's just another thing on my plate and I, I have to monitor this and, you know, and, and keep up with it. And I wasn't sure it was something I wanted to do. And in talking to the travel agent that I partnered with, she was like, I really think this will be a good move for you. I'll help you to monitor the groups. So I'm like, all right. And I started it and it actually it ended up being fantastic. It's a great way for people to just ask questions. And I don't reply as my business page. I reply as my personal page. Like they all know who I am, that I run W or WDW, but they all know me as Julie. I'm always on there answering questions and just talking or like, how was your trip or sharing photos? And it's it's a fun way to interact with people, to answer questions. It's a great way to, to find content because sometimes people ask questions and I'm like, huh, like, that's an interesting question. I had never, you know, I never thought about that. And so that, you know, that gives me a topic idea. That's something I can write about or or speak about on the podcast. So it's been great all around just for talking to my audience, talking to my people, and for coming up with content and just another way to engage with real people who are actually interested in what I'm saying and doing. When did you start it and how many members do you have? It's new. It's new. Maybe, gosh, a month or two ago, maybe 300 members. So it's still, we're getting it off the ground. But even even with, you know, only a couple hundred members, a few hundred members, it's, there's quite a bit of interaction. So it's, so far it has been a positive experience. So uh, what is the, from friends and family, everybody asks, there's one question everybody asks you, what is it? Yes. So, uh, how do you make money doing this? That's so. How do you make money doing this? From friends and family. Uh, so, as you mentioned, like in the beginning, it started with an ebook, which is just—I mean—it's an inexpensive download that people can get, like a Cliff's Notes. So that's that's one thing I do. I do and the, the shirt. The advantage to an info product is it's a hundred percent profit. Yeah, yeah, and people enjoy it, and I had fun writing it, and I update it as often as possible, and. I, I don't know. I think it's great. So there's that was my first product, and I'm very proud of it. So there's the ebook. I also have the shirts for the parks. So I did um, a line of shirts that people can wear when they go to the parks. So just fun shirts based on movies or or just you know theme park design shirts. So and those are um, print on demand, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so that again is not. It's something that doesn't take up a whole lot of time. Like I have them there and if they're selling, that's great. And if not, that's okay too because they're not going anywhere. I don't have to worry about like inventory sitting in my house or anything like that. It's print on demand. So that's been another fantastic passive income. Um, I have a lot of affiliate stuff that I do as well. So if people purchase theme park tickets through a link, that I provide on my website. Like I'll get affiliate commissions from that. I also talk about, like I have a lot of Amazon affiliates. So I talk about things that, you know, you would need in the theme parks and I have links for stuff like that. And I make it a point to only talk about things that I personally have used. So I make sure of like pictures of me at the parks using it, you know, stuff like that. Because like I said, I want it to be authentic. So that's another way um, that I have income. I also, like I'd mentioned, I partnered with a travel agent. So one of the things early on I found was that people assumed I was a travel agent and they would come to me and be like, well, I want to book my trip. Can you quote me a price? And I was like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. So I ended up um, 
interviewing travel agents. I on Instagram put out like I was just like I I need a travel agent that I can work with that I can refer stuff to. And the response was like ridiculous with travel agents. So I interviewed a list of travel agents. I found somebody who is amazing and she's become a real partner and it's been great. And so uh, if anybody needs a quote, I send them to her for vacation request and I get a commission off of that as well. So I try, I've been trying to diversify where I'm getting my income. So if one thing isn't working, hopefully something else will be making up for that. So we have, we've got digital goods, we've got print-on-demand goods, we've got a variety of affiliate yeah. income. Yeah, uh, Anything else I'm missing? Uh, no, I think that's it. And, uh, all right, final question. What's next? What's on the horizon? Whoa. Well, I, I'm planning a trip to Disney in August so I can just churn out as much content as possible because I think if I can find more ways to reach people in whatever medium they prefer, that is the best course of action. So I'm hoping that I can reach people through YouTube. I'm hoping to get several podcast episodes. I'm hoping to get several blog posts from all of this and just kind of see where that takes me. I like it. Uh, If you had to give a piece of advice to a new Shopify merchant, what's your one piece of advice? What's one thing you wish they would would try? Uh, I think just be yourself in any of your marketing. People don't want to work with Acme Corp. They want to work with you. So if they're talking to you and they're having their questions answered by you and you are the face, then you're going to build a relationship and trust. And I think that that as a small business is invaluable. That's perfect. I love it. Uh, Julie, wife, Mrs. Elster. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, and where can we go to learn more about you? www.wdw.com or Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or search for my podcast. I'm everywhere. You're everywhere. And I'll include that in the show notes. Thank you. One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable, feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the unofficial ShopifyPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them, and thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. 
If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.